Welcome to the Naked Ambition Podcast, where we speak with the people who are making an impact in tech, innovation, and design all over the world. This show is brought to you by the team at Naked Ambition. We are a design-led innovation company, partnering with some of the world's smartest companies to help them solve complex challenges and design new futures. I'm your host, Fiona Triarca. episode, I speak with Kate Dillon, who is the founder and creative director of SheLion, a luxury handbag brand run out of Melbourne. Now, Kate Dillon is a true innovator. In this episode of the podcast, she discusses her personal journey in the design industry, including a background in innovation in law, plus her mission to empower others, especially what she has done over the last 12 months. This includes how she worked with 22 Australian businesses to create a new 100% Australian-made product during the height of COVID. We also talk about the future of the Australian manufacturing and sustainable fashion industries and the power of collaboration that she has really shown in her support local campaign. I hope you enjoy. Kate, tell us how the support local campaign came about. Uh, Well, 2020 was definitely a bit of a kick in the guts for everybody, I think. Absolutely, it was for my business. Um, Turns out that you don't need a beautiful bag that's very functional with lots of pockets to go from the kitchen to the home office. Um, So COVID dramatically changed the need my product served and the problem um, that it solves. And so I really had to to think about what I was going to do if I wanted to save the business. Um, 2019, the year before, we'd had a great year. And so I was really um, getting pumped up about 2020 being a growth year. I'd invested a lot of capital in, in much more inventory than normal. And all of that arrived at the end of January, early February. Um, and then March happened and it was like, you know, carpet pulled out from underneath you, um, let alone obviously having a child in December. So I was at home with a newborn and a three-year-old boy, super active, um, not getting much sleep from the newborn who was a newborn anyway, but had like severe medicated reflux. Um, and then you add lockdown on top of that and a husband who's traveling to Melbourne because we were living in regional Victoria that year, um, three nights a week and um, trying to run your business as well um it was it was hectic time for everybody um but I was just so upset by uh, seeing how many other businesses were suffering and that the fact that you know my own business was facing shutdown um that I wanted to do something and I, I didn't have a lot of means so it needed to be something that resonated with a lot of people which I hope would spark like a chain reaction of events and make it bigger itself where it would grow its own legs. And um, and if you know me, I'm always a big fan of a slogan top. And uh, I had had a particularly bad day, um, one of the days, and uh, had put on a top that says superhero and had posted it on my personal LinkedIn, essentially giving a pep talk to myself, um, but like putting it out there saying, women can do anything, you know, all women are superheroes. Come on, we've got to rally. You know, it's okay, we can do this type thing. And had this like overwhelming response of direct messages saying, 
gosh, why don't you make something like that with your walk fearlessly tagline? And so having having had the experience where all these people were identifying with what I was feeling, um, thought, you know, maybe this is the type of product that I really could explore making entirely in Australia. Obviously with um, very naively thinking that I would be able to pull it together in a couple of months. Um, having had the idea sort of... Um, around June I think it was um and he was so lovely he completely opened his book of contacts which is just like unheard of in any setting like law or any other it would be like me almost going up to another handbag retailer and them telling me all of their um factories that they use and the tanneries that they use and the prices that they pay and um if you ask this person make sure they tell you about this and this level of detail and this generosity that just completely blew me away um he was also blown away by the concept himself because apparently it is quite unique for absolutely every element to be mm. made um, in Australia, let alone mostly in Melbourne. So there were 20 businesses in Melbourne and two in Sydney and then a couple of other peripheral businesses in Melbourne, if you're counting like all of the business running activities, but all of the ones that directly touch the tops, there's 22. Um, and he was instrumental in like saying if you want the fabric to actually be milled here this is the this is the guy to talk to and if you want it to be this gsm and if you want it to have um this thick this quality and if you want it to feel like this and if you want it to have this finish you need to speak to this person and this is where you go for trims and this is where you would go for woven labels that are actually made in melbourne and and this is where you would go if you want to get um packaging that is actually all manufactured here in melbourne and uh so then it was like a case of having all these Zoom calls and um, text messages and phone calls to all these random people who had been cross-referred from other people in the supply chain who were then hearing about what the project was and then getting really enthused themselves and then um, wanting to chip in however they could. And it was just uh, so inspiring to be part of it anyway, um, let alone to be able to produce something that was as beautiful as it was. Um, and then I just felt completely compelled uh, to be able to share everybody else's story because they were essentially all helping pick my business up um, mm -hmm. as well, uh, much more so than I was to them. And uh, yeah, it's, I've just been blown away with the, with the outcome. So it's been great, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. really happy yeah I want to go back and this is it's just such an amazing story okay did you have any idea that there would be more than 20 or 22 you said businesses involved none in no. the making of one no. shirt? like what a no. supply chain mm. talk to me about that like because it's just it's the same as with you know with any of these things we ne don't necessarily know the magnitude of what it's going to take to do this thing when you start which is sometimes a gift but yes. talk to me about that sort of in the beginning, what you expected and what you found. I think that was my um, lucky, my lucky charm. Uh, from an innovation perspective, I absolutely had the beginner's mindset. And so I went in and was asking 
all the questions that people don't necessarily ask because I hadn't been trained in that area and I knew nothing about garment manufacturing. I, all I knew was that I was not going to be one of those people that just calls and then doesn't follow through. I was absolutely about convincing the people that I was talking to that I, I do run a business. I do manufacture handbags. I do understand the process. I just don't know the details of how it's done with garments. Um, not that I'm in any way professing that I understand that it would be similar, but I know that there will be certain pieces involved and I would be hugely grateful to you if you were willing to guide me a little bit on this piece. I promise I'll follow through. I promise I will um, make an order because I think the standard thing is, um, they get lots of calls from people and then they don't follow through apparently. Um, and so I was adamant that I was going to follow through and uh, yeah, I was, I was very naive about the fact that there were that many processes because I think so many of these technical um, bits occur generally offshore. So you don't see it and you would deal with one or two factories that would have all of these technical artisans in-house that would go and deal with all of these different elements and if you're doing it individually here let alone in a sort of very very small business with a small team that doesn't actually understand or know about any of these details you're absolutely relying on one person saying oh have you done this no yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'll get onto that. And they're like, yes, you could get on. Did you know about this, this, and this? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll get onto that too. I'll get right on it. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I, I thought grey marl was the colour that you dyed fabric. Turns out it's actually two different threads that you weave together. So I was like talking to the knitting mill saying, so yeah, I'd like to make white and I'd like to then dye it grey marl. And he must have been thinking, wow, we've got a long way to go with this one. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, for instance, that there's shrinkage factor in uh, materials. So not only do you have to, well, in 100% cotton, let alone at least, um, you have to wash it when you buy it, but then you have to wash it again when it's made into a garment. And the way that it shrinks is different from when it's separate as like rib and fleece, as opposed to when it's connected into a garment with rib and, and fleece. And then that changes the pattern again and it changes the fit. So you have to test all of that. And then when you change the color or you change the print or whatever, that can affect things as well. And yeah, all of that was done over Zoom. Um, and if you've seen the video, literally they were the pictures that I was sending to the very, very patient pattern maker on teaching me how and where to measure from seams and like wash them in my own washing machine to see if I could see what the shrinkage factor was because I couldn't actually go to see Sam at Richmond Laundry because of the various lockdowns until a certain stage. Um, I had darkroom samplers helping me because they were like a distributed network of people with industrial machines, which is different from sewing on like a home sewing machine. I mean, if you think about it, I knew that, but I didn't know that that was a thing until I had to do it, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But I was kind of just thinking, you know, a sweatshirt, this is something that's quite simple. It should be quite straightforward. Um, obviously, there'll be a bit more involved if we're making it here, but like had no idea that it would be as involved and how many people's jobs you're supporting. And um, th there's just so much opportunity for us to bring it back. And, um, and then to be able to have this visibility uh, over who you're working with and have this much deeper connection because you can go there and have conversations and actually understand in a lot of detail very quickly when you're when you are a beginner mm -hmm. um, what you'd like to achieve and get a, um, a much I suppose better outcome faster really high quality 
beautiful outcome and you know that you're paying people properly and you know that it's made in a in an ethical environment and it's environmentally friendly and it was a solar powered mill and everybody's ethically certified and um, everybody you know is is Australian it's just lovely like there's just so many positives what has that inspired in you let's stay on that I think that's so interesting to think there's a couple of aspects to the movement and I want to get to sort of some of the results that you've seen as well so you said it's been wildly successful so we'll talk about that in a second what if you're thinking about the future of this has this inspired something in you Kate to go do you know what this is sort of a way that we need to be working we could be working what are you thinking about she lion what is that what's the sort of future for Australian manufacturing or innovation in Australia as you're thinking about it oh absolutely I think um I mean I need to preface anything I say with the fact that I'm I'm no expert in in manufacturing or in garments and I have been doing what I've been doing the hard way like learning on a very steep learning curve over the last 12 months so I'm, I'm not sitting here as a seamstress with 30 years or someone who owns a garment construction factory of 30 years being able to talk about this but um having met all of these veterans in the field and and understanding their point of view and I and I went and interviewed all of them on my phone thinking that I would be able to make this video that has come out now which is truly amazing on my phone quite funny um I have an amazing mentor at Visual Domain um Renice Brewster who has produced the video that you've seen which is so much better than what I put together myself but I had interviewed all these amazing people and asked them all these questions about you know how they survived 2020 and what they see the future of manufacturing being and are they seeing made in Australia coming back and um you know what do we need to do to raise awareness around this and this um piece around uh making the video was all about giving back to them and shining a light on Australian manufacturing and our capabilities and the amazing talent that we have here that we need to foster and nurture and create a succession plan for if we really want to keep it here um, was something I didn't really have much awareness about as a person who's not necessarily touched by it and um, there were these amazing things that they've said like you know you shouldn't be asking why is something so expensive you should be asking why is something so cheap yeah Um, and then you know going to speak to people who are, who are specialists in making jeans and dyeing and washing like Sam at Richmond Laundry, um, he was like, you know, if, if you're buying something for X amount of dollars, there's no way that anybody has been paid correctly for that. Mm. Um, and just all of this spectacular insight that I think people should be aware of um, that, you know, you, you're not aware of unless, unless you're told. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think it will need a lot of input from probably a really senior level in government um, and an investment at a government level for it to really turn it around. Mm-hmm. And there's also going to be need to need to be more interest in young people taking up vocations and trades in manufacturing and that being a really positive thing and people seeing that as a positive thing and there being that succession plan in place. Otherwise, we will lose this talent because we have some amazing people here and the, the industry is definitely shrunk from what they've told me over the last 30 years like even just 30 years ago almost everything was made here and mm. then you know with the world opening up and everything becoming so global and so easy um so much of that has gone offshore and then I think going through universities um and tech schools there's a lot of focus on becoming a designer rather than a maker mm. um, and making a tech pack 
and yeah I mean I'm not the the specialist expert to be sprouting off this type of commentary at all I'm very much an onlooker and the beginner's mindset person just looking in and, and being shocked and absolutely wanting to raise some awareness about it but um yeah, I think it's an area that could create so many jobs and it's a sustainability piece that COVID yeah. has brought up because it's really brought to the fore, kind of brought all the threads together, so to speak, um, in the fact that we don't, wanna, yeah, we don't <laughs> want to love those. We don't want to be so reliant on uh, offshore if, you know, this is going to be something that we're going to deal with multiple times or if this is our new way of life on and off being in lockdown or, you know, whether we're going to face multiple pandemics or whatever that, that may be it would be great to be able to be more self-sustaining and to have more flexibility with creating and making here and to be able to be bringing the wealth and the jobs back here. Yeah. Um, particularly when there are so many people that are in pain um, and there's a way to work together as a team and it's all positive and community and are supporting one another. Yeah. I mean, because this is just an amazing, I mean, aside from being a case study in sustainable fashion, you know, a, a real living example of what that could look like um, and, a, and role modelling that, I suppose. It's also, I think, a really interesting innovation case study around that power of collaboration, you know, watching that video, which we'll post for people to have a look at. You know, if you're tuning into this, we'll include it in the show notes as well. I recommend watching it. I personally had a little cry when I watched you know, it. No, I did. <laughs> like, I think you actually cry at some point in the video, but I, I definitely do. did. Yeah. Because it was just, I mean, I feel like it just really captured the mood of that time. You know, it was so, and I think that you you mentioned up top, you know, of, of this conversation that, you know, you're sitting in your lounge room, your little newborn is really sick with new reflux. You know, it's kind of like everything feels like it's closing in and there was just that overwhelming feeling, especially in that sort of first wave of hopelessness and the unknown and we didn't know how big the magnitude of this whole thing was going to be and, you know, business owners like you as well questioning what's going to happen. But, you know, I think it's such a great case study around collaboration because you're not just sitting there saying oh, this is hopeless and how do I wind down my business or any of this? It's kind of, okay, what can I do? What is within my control? How can I act on this? And at the same time, there's sort of 22 people that have been energised and inspired, not to mention everyone that watches the video. So that's more of a comment than a question. My question attached to that is, like, talk me through... It's you. It's you're the expert in this area. No, yeah, no, I, you're, you I are the expert. Know, I'm the fangirl of you. <laughs> it's about the user experience. It's yeah. you are the expert in this area. This is this is this is me fangirling you. Um, it's absolutely about uh, critically pinpointing the emotional connection with the person who is part of the making journey, but also the wearer, and then identifying and resonating with the message that you're sending and truly trying to understand the user perspective. So I was that mom at home with a newborn and a young, very active, two little boys, very active, running around, trying to, you know, keep them enthused, not having too much screen time, still trying to do a business try and do these hectic Zoom calls with kids throwing stuff at each other and making sure they don't kill each other in the background. Um, and then wanting to wear like a slogan top that I felt 
you know, put a pep in my step and thinking, you know, maybe that'll make a difference in other people's lives that are also feeling tiny, tiny difference, but something that will make you feel good when you wear it. And then also feel good about the fact that they're supporting a supply chain that that each of these businesses is paid something to create at the end of the day. Um, it, yeah, it was absolutely about trying to find something because I'm not huge. It needed to be something that people really felt viscerally mm. so that they would feel connected with it. Um, it. It had to be about that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I want to drill a little bit into, we sort of go off the, the support local campaign a little bit and more around like Kate, the innovator and your process. And I know it's probably different all the time, but there is a red thread through your whole career. You know, Gilbert and Tobin, you know, like GNT is known, I think, in law circles as being pretty innovative. You know, you've, I met you back in the day when you were part of something, a program we did with IDEO. You know, you put your hand up for, to be part of, even when you're in law, you know, at the forefront of innovation. And then you go and found She Lion, so an amazing um, handbag designer handbag brand Australian owned as well which is very unique for Australia and I think even in between that in between the campaign you've had a little side hustle creating little um, studios for backyards for those little sustainable oh yes we did houses. that for a very short period of time yeah that's yes. been sold now yes, yeah. yes. So that was all my husband sold. that was what my husband okay. but I was like yeah involved and, and a consultant basis yes. <laughs> innovation consultant as a wife. So, yeah, yeah yeah like how do you approach each of these sort of projects you know just even even if it's just the mindset of like how do you how do you get things like this going um I think it's about uh, knowing that if there's something that you want to do that you can go and do it and if you really want to do something that you should just go and do it. And uh, I'm a massive um, advocate of um, executing and getting it done. Um, there's this amazing woman called Michelle Redfern and her like slogan is get shit done. And I, yeah, I'm, that's just, I love that. And uh, she's the lady to go see if you want to go and do a workshop about how to get shit done. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely about if there's something you want to do, it's just going to take guts and determination and persistence. And there is no magic source. It is persistence, persistence, persistence. And um, I think having a little bit of space to be creative and making sure that you play. Um, again, a gift from you, Fee. Um, absolutely. It's all about making sure that you play. So um, I think having play with team with children with family anywhere you can get that is where you spark these creative ideas mm -hmm. and and then you sense test them with people and then you make sure you sense test them with who they're actually for um, and ensure that the user is actually going to be you know thrilled with the outcome and if that is the case then it's something you run at hard and you just keep running at it until you get it done and you might have to change it along the way but you make sure that you you keep pushing until you do it and your only limit is you. I know I sound like I'm just spilling off a whole lot of cliches, but um, that has just been what I've lived. I just, you just keep pushing. I have an amazing support network, but um, anything is possible with a bit of guts and determination is what my grandfather always used to say. And it's absolutely been what my mother has instilled and both my parents, you know, if you say you can, you can. If you say you can't, you can't. I feel like I say that to my sons now and I'm like, oh, my God, I've turned into my parents. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, there's no secret sauce in anything I've done. It's absolutely just keep on keeping on and having an amazing network and um, yeah, so giving back where you can and, and it coming back fourfold. Yeah. And they're not cliches, you know, I think what you've hit on there with that persistence and the getting shit done and going at it, you know, they're the parts, the, the initial kind of spark of the idea is in some parts, that's the easy part, you know, yeah. not for everyone, but it can be, but it's actually being able to see that thing through. And yeah. as you said, putting, taking that iterative approach, putting it in front of people, getting that feedback, building on the next part building on that until you've got something that you feel confident about and you can get out there. And I think it's a work in progress. I don't think you're ever done. I think you're always iterating. And if you're not in a constant state of beta, you will fail. Like it's, and, and everything has a life cycle and everything has a lifespan. And um, I hope it's not the end of my handbags because COVID has dramatically changed how we work. And so many people work at home, but like, you know, if that's the case, I need to innovate in a way or I need to come up with something that is solving the problem that people are actually facing um, now in that space. And I think absolutely going forward, I 100% want to have an Australian supply chain within the business and um, slogan tops that benefit all of these other small businesses, including my own, mm-hmm. um, is a fantastic thing. And it aligns with the brand about walking fearlessly and being empowered and bold ambition and um, fierce elegance and premium practicality because they are practical, they are premium, they do make you feel bold and they are a statement. So they're all very on brand and I see that um, as being a staple in the business going forward. But I I think the thing is that um, it's about learning to feel comfortable being uncomfortable and um, I am not good at that either but I think I am good at leaning into feeling uncomfortable and you know you just constantly have to iterate and constantly learn and constantly listen and um, take in as much from other people and learn new skills and build your network and I think you know that's what everybody's doing that's what everybody needs you know everybody's doing that I'm not anything special I'm just telling you what I'm, what I, I'm just going to keep stopping you with that. I'm no expert. I'm not special. Yes, you are. And that's why you're here. Tell us about leaning. I mean, there's a lot of examples of that through the story. I want to hear more of your storytelling of this time and how you've, you've achieved what you've done with support local about sort of leaning into that discomfort. Were there ever moments during you know, the, the design phase or the manufacturing phase or, you know, even pre-launch where you were like, this is too hard, we're not going to get there. Did you ever have moments of that? Tell us about some of those and how you got through it. I don't think, I think when I become really passionate about a project, I absolutely have the feeling of something is difficult, but I'm never in the space where I find that I say it's too hard because I feel like if I give up, then that's the bigger failure. So I don't feel like I ever let myself go to it's too hard. I think after having, as a side story, I did the bar exam in New York to be a qualified attorney in New York because I wanted to be a fashion lawyer before I started all of this, realising that you actually want to run a fashion business. Um, but I had told everybody because I was so excited about doing it and it's quite prestigious, so it was a big ego thing, you know, I'm doing the bar exam, rah, 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 and I failed. And it was the biggest public failure 
of my life because I'm like type A, you know, always wanting to achieve, do stuff. And, and I had told so many people and then everybody's asking, how'd you go? And, and I failed. And it was like huge for me to get over like this massive vulnerability piece. Sounds stupid, but it was. Anyway, um, I failed by 1%. You need 665 um, across 30 subjects, 60%. I think that the grading has changed a little bit now in the number of subjects, but when I did it anyway, in 2007, and, um, and I got 655. And so I just remember being an absolute mess uh, the day I found out and so embarrassed. And my mother, who's been like integral in like this whole mindset was just like, that's, that is very disappointing, Kate, but just do it again. And so I did. And I, I got up at five before going to work full time and studied and then would get home at eight or nine, depending on how busy it was at work and then studied until 12. And I passed. And I think doing something like that um, has really opened my eyes to the fact that anything is possible. I mean, that was really hard. That was really hard. Um, and nothing that I've done after that has been as hard as that. So even when things are really hard and I absolutely get, um, have days where I feel like I can't go on, but it's not, I, I don't feel personally like I could get to that point where I say I'm going to give up, mm -hmm. um, unless I've exhausted all options. Um, yeah. And that's just my brain. Uh, yeah. But I, I absolutely feel that it's difficult. Like for instance, in, um, you know, manufacturing came to a complete stop multiple times because of the lockdowns and I had, to, so the, the garment manufacturer who was supposed to make the sample said, I can't, it's like a hundred thousand dollar fine and I can't do it for three months. And I'm like, I can't have this, like, like I've made all this outlay in capital and I need to have them. I need to have them here. I need to start selling them because I, I've, I've spent all my money. And, um, so then talking to the pattern maker and she's like, oh, well, maybe there's a darkroom sampler. I'm like, well, what's a darkroom sampler? And so then coordinating the samples being made in, in darkrooms, like in solo seamstress homes, was this option that I did not know was a possibility. So it was just like dig, dig, digging to get the samples. And then they became the pre-production samples that they used. Otherwise, everything would have been pushed out again. Or like when they were dying bleaching the white someone in the dye house got COVID and they had to close um for, for a fortnight obviously to isolate anyway I couldn't do anything about that but like you know there's just another multiple 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 things had happened and then um just about to launch this year and then my son was really really sick and um we uh, presented at the Royal Children's three times and he had uh, a brain infection. He had meningitis. He had mastoiditis and an infected bone, like hectic, hectic stuff. And um, so we're, um, essentially I had to live with him at the Royal Children's for a while in a hot ward because you're in the COVID ward, so you can't have visitors. I couldn't see my four-year-old. My husband was like barely allowed to come in. You know, they didn't know what he had for ages and they're doing all these insane tests like like you know he might die or go blind or go deaf he's fine now thank god um but after that had happened um we then came home and they said that you're going to have to isolate at home with both children so then we were out of lockdown but the surgeons were saying because he was so sick he can't go back to childcare. the other one can't go back to childcare. they've got to be isolating at home for six weeks so it was all that again so then I was at home 
because of course you know it's the mum that the youngest child wants so the mum of course stereotypically is at home um with both kids trying to work um again <laughs> in a lockdown and uh so that was like sort of a few weeks before the video was um filmed hence that got super raw super quick mm. um, but yeah I don't know I think that yeah if you say you can you can and if you say you can't you can't and um that's basically it, things are hard like life is life is really hard and uh sometimes it's great and and sometimes it's really hard and I think you've just got to try and be grateful for the good times and uh hold on tight when it's tough mm-hmm. and uh yeah ideally have some human connection and community that that lifts you up and pulls you through and yeah. uh I'm fortunate enough to have an amazing network that that absolutely catches me when I'm falling. Um, so I, I want to be able to do that for other people too. Mm. Oh, amazing story. Okay, you're 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 living the slogans of your t-shirt as well. That's yeah, the, that's the top why. Ones, that's I why can it, actually that, I can. Yeah, yeah well, that was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, we really didn't know whether we could. Um, um, yeah, so it was like, well, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, and it's not just keeping on. Like that's the kind of thread as well through your story. It's more than keeping on. It's standing up and it's doing something that's above and beyond. Like it is something that's exceptional. It's not, you know, it's knowing it might fail and doing it anyway, Yeah, you know, throwing yeah. it out there. And as you said, like trying to bring a few other people along and there's more than a few, you know, there's the 22 plus some that you've brought along. Talk to me about some of the, you know, you've seen enormous success from this now. So what has happened with the campaign? Has it sold? What's happened with the yeah. tops? Tell us. Yeah, well, we've sold out of the, the, the most popular sizes, which is hugely exciting. And we've already placed our next order. And then we've also ordered the fabric to be made for the third order. And then we're prototyping an exciting new concept as well, which I'm really pumped about. Um, but I'm not sure how long that would take. <laughs> so I, I won't tell you exactly what it is yet, but I'm That's super okay. pumped about it. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, yeah, the, just the people involved in the supply chain are unbelievably generous uh, with their time, incredibly patient with someone who knows nothing. I know a lot more now, but, like, so patient and uh, so wonderful. And uh, the whole experience for me was just something nice and happy for me to be focusing on while I was in lockdown for such a long time myself. And um, they are much more helping me than I am helping them. Like I'm, I'm trying to give back by giving exposure to their businesses and highlighting um, manufacturing in Australia as being something that, you know, we need to really think about if we want to keep it here. Um, But they are absolutely the ones helping me. Talk about some of those lessons, like so things that you've learned through this campaign and congratulations on that. I think it's amazing for you and those collaborators. We'll get you to give a bit of a shout out to a few people in a moment. Yes. But um, what lessons do you think you're going to take forward maybe in how you're looking at SheLion? You know, other has it sparked some other ideas as well? Are we going to see campaigning for sustainable fashion in the Australian government or what <laughs> seeing like the combo of law plus fashion plus this campaign it's kind of 
I don't know. I'd be happy to help someone do that. I don't know that I'm the expert in the field to be the one that's the face of that. I'm sure there are lots. There are lots of other Australian fashion labels that make in Australia. Um, I am by no means special in that um, sphere. I'm just someone that's trying to bring shine a light on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of other people that are like a lot more sophisticated in this area than I am. But I'd be super happy to to help. Um, I think it's just really reinforced, again, um, the fact that being vulnerable and asking for help is really powerful Mm. and is actually a strength. And honestly, anything is possible if you're willing to ask. And, you know, if you don't ask, it's no. But if you do ask, it might be yes. And uh, with SheLion, with this latest project, uh, really with anything that I've tried to do, being comfortable saying, I don't know the answer, will you help me find it? Or um, I don't understand, or is there a better way to do this? Or am I missing something? Um, can you help me please? <laughs> um, is, is insanely powerful, like magic. Like that's where the magic happens. And you have these people that you might have met for five minutes like give give you these gifts and are, are willing to go above and beyond to connect you with people or um, provide you with a piece of advice that would save you huge amounts of money or um, uh, the list is endless and it's only, I've only really experienced that since starting my own business and I've learned more in the time running my business than I have in any of the study that I've done and I've done a lot of study um, all of the life skills and the amazing um, things that I've learned have come from interacting with other people and other people's generosity and, and being vulnerable and asking for help and saying, I don't know. Mm. Who are some of those people? You mentioned like you've got this amazing sort of support network. Who do you really lean on and who have been some of those great collaborators recently? Oh, there are so many to list. Apart from the list, the 22, I'll tell you there's, Top Ralph at Top Knit Fabrics was amazing, is amazing. So is Brian. Um, Ella from Cloth Creative. Maria from Stella Park, above and beyond. Bill Stanley from Market Apparel. Phil, obviously, I've spoken about from CGT, the garment manufacturers, and his mum, Vicky. Oh, my God, I, I feel like family. <laughs> they feel like my family. Amazing. Um, Archie Labels really amazing I mean the woman that was helping me had gone in and out of hospital while she was making the labels and she was so determined to make them because everything was being made in Melbourne and to do them within this time frame it was just so like above and beyond of her to do that um Tess Carpenter an amazing graphic designer who's been part of um Sheila and helping on a freelance basis um since I began she's the one that makes the website look amazing the look books look beautiful um and helps position everything on the tops for me um Val and Glennis from T-Shirt Oz they have absolutely gone above and beyond giving me lots of advice. They're the industrial screen printers and embroiderers, um, lots of industry advice, lots of time just counselling me on um, whether something is right or wrong um, and how they would go about it. Um, Rufus and Cooper, Sam Penninger, he's been my um, photographer throughout Sheila, a massive mentor, huge support 
like way more than than just a co- like colleague like a friend yeah. um Shani Hyde is like my work wife um she's my one day a week amazing growth um marketer and uh she's literally my work wife uh an amazing woman um there's Richard from Pinpack, uh, obviously Vizzy, Tanya from Direct Mail Corporation. She's so inspiring. She's the head of operations at the 3PL. Um, Matt Hanley, he is an amazing um, graphic artist that pulls timelines together, um, which I think you introduced me to him originally. So you too as well. <laughs> um, Renice Brewster from Visual Domain. I can't sing her praises um, more highly like she is just an absolute trailblazer an inspirational woman uh, has done the most amazing things in her career and has the most successful business and is unbelievably generous with her time um, I am so indebted to her um, Elise Hendrickson from Shout PR also amazing um, and Nikki Yatsi from Maxco as well as fast printing in Sydney who, who also have always made my business cards and stickers and thank you things, but they did all the barcodes as well. Yeah. And they're just the people in the supply chain. I, I really yeah. have a, a vast network beyond that, that are also really supportive too. Yeah. I think that's so good. Again, such a great story for collaboration as well as innovation. Thank you so much, Kate, for oh, sharing your incredible story. No, no, I feel like I should be interviewing you. You've done so many amazing things yourself. <laughs> you have. No, hardly. Yeah. This is this is really inspiring. I mean, just on so many levels, I think, you know, we've touched on just, I think, like grassroots innovation, the power to bring people together, you know, the sort of mindsets and also just acting you know, without too much thinking in some cases. And, and they, I think that's really important even for people who are just starting out in their innovation journey to hear some of this, as well as people who are, who are established and doing this in organisations. So thank you, Kate, for sharing your knowledge across both of those spectrums. It's been amazing. Um, and for those shout outs as well, congratulations to all of those people for being part of this really incredible campaign. We will, um, as we said, we'll add the link and the video. Tell us where can people go to buy, where should they head to now to buy one of these jumpers? Let's try and sell the rest of them out and the next yes. one as well. Yes, yes. Please come to shelion.com.au and buy one of these beautiful tops. This is the support local version. And then we have a white, actually I can. Um, and yeah, feel great wearing them and, and all power to you. And together we can do anything. And, and thank you for your support. Amazing. All right. Enjoy your day. Thanks to everyone thank for tuning in. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs>